I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, you're listening to Two in the Think Tank, the podcast where we try and come up with five sketch ideas. Alistair, how are you going? Handy, I am doing really good. I've got some... You're doing good? I think like in so. the community? Um, I have never done anything of any value in any community. <laughs> um, what about the community of microorganisms well, that makes up your gut flora? I mean, surely, occasionally, you, you throw those guys a bone, so to oh, speak. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Them. And also, occasionally... Uh, I buy fair trade box of tea or something like that or coffee, oh, yeah. and I feel like in that way I am doing good by giving people more money than they are normally capable <laughs> of bargaining for. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting the way in which uh, doing good has sort of been just like built into the capitalist experience. Everyone was like, nobody's doing any good around here, but people are buying a lot of shit. What yeah. if we combined those two things? And now you can sort of allay a little bit of your guilt by buying things, which is the only thing that we know how to do in the Western world. Am I right? Let's rise up. No, well, I wasn't. Look, I'm, oh. I'm starting to feel less guilt. Okay. <laughs> it's because of your fair no, trade. But, but don't you think that the fair trade thing, that <clears throat> you should feel like you're doing you're doing good like it's not just about alleviating guilt uh, alleviating guilt you're actually paying more for something or sometimes yeah. less <laughs> but the money I buy going... fair trade but I only ever buy it on special yeah well, yeah but you're look you're sometimes deciding I where the money goes sometimes I steal fair trade because uh, you know I've, I've I shoplift, the, but the company still I'm has very... to pay for those things, and so if you exactly. steal, the insurance more, pays for it. The more that gets shop, shoplifted of fair mm. trade, that money is still going. Yeah. To <laughs> to fair people, the poor, the fair the, people, the, people who are fairer than us. Oh, is yeah. that what it is? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's traded with whiter people. That's what it is, right? I assumed that's why I was. It's part of the Aryan barter system. Yeah, the fair trade. <laughs> Oh, it's you know, it's the same as buying Australian. We just want our money to go to white people. Oh, that's awful, isn't it? Oh, Jesus! All right, um, is that a what sketch? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, I think yeah, but um, buying guy, fair. A guy who thinks that fair trade has got to do with the fair skin of people. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. If the people who are all only you know obsessed with buying Australian. Do you think? that if you import an entirely migrant workforce and kept them segregated from the rest of the Australian community, but yeah. they were on the mainland, yeah. do you think they'd be satisfied Wait, you're gonna in have to their lives? <clears throat> yes, you're, you're in the writing zone. Um, if they would be happy with their wives? So yeah, saying? with their wives. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait. Uh, with l- their l- good l- lady l- wives. Let me, try and, let me try and address what I think I heard. So <laughs> it's a group of people who are from another uh, ethnic minority that isn't... That one that isn't represented in Australia at all. So let's say, sure. Let's say like the Aztecs, the Pekingese. Yeah. Okay. Oh, is that a type of dog? The Dodos. <laughs> the Aztecs. It's the Aztecs. Okay, it's the right? Aztecs. We so, brought them from a different time. Yeah. Okay. They, so they've come here, um, and okay, we've isolated them. That's what I think. That's what you said. And yeah. then, like, I, I imagine it's either like in some kind of in-ground pool that they can't get out of? Like, you know, if you like a bowl with a mouse in it that's got a lot of butter that can't escape from the bowl? <laughs> I think the, the Aztecs would be pretty good at that. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Aztecs played sort of sports that were more or less based around that idea. Slippery bowls? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I seem to recall something where they put a whole lot of people into a big hole yeah. and then they played some sort of a ball sport. Really? Mm. Was that what 
What was that game with Cuba Gooding Jr. The movie, and it's like it's like Danger Ball or Money Ball or <laughs> the Rat Race. The Rat. No, it was another one. I don't think he was in Money Ball. <laughs> Money was Money Ball a, a sport? It just occurred to me. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry to change the subject, but that stadiums, right? Mm. They're really an above ground hole in the ground. Oh, <laughs> <right>? yeah. <laughs> like people. We're getting uncomfortable about us, like, throwing them into a hole in the ground and making them fight. But what if we built an above-ground hole in the ground? You know, I think they do that, right? Because if you do – because, I mean, like, it makes sense that why would you – why why would you build an above-ground hole in the ground when you could just dig out, remove some dirt, and you, yeah. don't, you don't need as many materials? Yeah. I think it's a water issue. Like, if it rains... The stadium would just fill up. Slowly fill up. <laughs> and then you've got a below-ground pool. Yeah. And then, where are you going to play soccer? Well, down uh, at the pool. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so today is uh, two, two and a half in the think tank. Because no, I brought I'm not my allowing dog. that being to I be brought called my dog. This is two and a half in the think two Two and a half men and a, a dog in the think tank. I brought my dog, yeah. and it just jumped up on Alistair. This could be the first of many yeah. canine, canine intrusions canine into the intrusions. podcast. <laughs> That's all good. Wait, I somehow put dirt on the sheet as well. <laughs> Don't get that... Get that out of there. Are you writing something down? I was just writing number oh, two. I was thought that maybe you thought that above ground hole in the ground was a, <laughs> was a good enough idea for a sketch, and no, I was Andy. deeply flattered. Yeah. Hey, look. But, <laughs> but there's I nothing mean, there. If you there's know nothing. that there's a place for it to go. Um, I think also the other thing about building, uh, uh, if you just dug the stadium into the ground, mm-hmm. apart from it filling up with water, is where do you put the underground car park? You could Deeper build underground. You know what you could do? You could build an above ground <laughs> uh, sort of structure that goes around the, yeah. the below ground stadium. Um, yeah, the cars are up above. Yeah, and we're down below. Like, you know, skate balls. Oh, do I, yeah. Alistair? You're talking to the right guy. Because yeah, because <laughs> spend a lot of time down at the skate bowl. My thing has always been with skate balls is that I think. I think the bowl edge is too steep. <laughs> but maybe if it was like a perfect... And it's not really in the shape of a regular bowl. And I think if it was, and it was like less steep, I would be more inclined to try to take up skateboarding. Yeah, but you realize that you wouldn't be able to do any of the coolest tricks, right? Because yeah. all you could do is sort of scoot around inside this bowl, but you couldn't jump up over the lip because if you did, you'd yeah. just be launching yourself out <laughs> into space, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> but I think that would be more of an even be, playing field. No. Nobody can do any cool <laughs> tricks in there. It's just, it's all for beginners. You know, if we could turn uh, skateboarding into a beginner's sport. That's true. It, it, skateboarding, I feel like, is a sport that is biased towards people who try or practice, yeah. or are good at it. Or at least we should invent a sport where nobody can ever get better. Why can't I get sponsorship to get out there on the amateur skateboarding circuit? Yeah, the beginner <laughs> amateurs, the, er, the the very amateur, <laughs> pre-amateur. Because I think even amateur makes it sound like you can do it. Yeah, and in fact, that's what the Olympics was, right? It was like the amateur, it was supposed to be like the amateur sports people right? yeah. who weren't getting paid. And they would go and like, you know, during the day, they would be a, a jeweler or maybe yeah. a locksmith. Um, or uh, they maybe manufacture balls. They're a ball manufacturer, right? Um, and then they go on the, you know, for, have a week over in Greece doing the Olympics. Yeah, Greece. <clears throat> but that's not... That's not the way it works anymore, and yeah. it's all people who are very, very good at the sports. I think that the bowl should have grease. Going back to our greasy bowl <laughs> idea, so so all the now, immigrants on, are there. Um, could, are oh, you sorry. saying ball or bowl? Bowl. <laughs> bowl? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's different when I say it. It's bowl. Yep. Ball. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So bowl, this is a greasy ball. bowl. I think, yeah, this is a greasy bowl. Yep. And but because we are playing, it's a ball game in the yep. bowl. Uh, the ball will get greasy, and so it will also be a greasy ball game. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> Unless the ob- objective of the game is to keep the ball from getting, from getting, getting greasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's great. You gotta they, keep the ball you in keep the air. Wiping, can't touch the ground. You gotta like have one hand that doesn't touch the ground yeah. ever, <laughs> at least. And then you've or, or you use your head. That's true. Mm. Or you, you, you wipe on your pants. Wipe your like. hands, but you gotta have like like soap to break down the grease in your pocket <laughs> so that you can, like, if you do get greasy hands, and then you can wipe it on your shorts. <laughs> Did you ever get confused between the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl? Like, it's strange that it's the Super Bowl, like the big final game of gridiron, yeah, a ball game, is called the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't got confused until then. Well, now I invite you to yeah. go forth. But now that I understand it so well, I always just thought the Super Bowl was the stadium that they were playing it at. Is that the case? I don't think so. Well, then wh- what possible reason could they have? There's no bowling in the sport? Yeah. I mean, if it was cricket... yeah. I would understand. Sure, yeah. Like like with tennis, why they call it a grand slam. Mm, so it's why just not? kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the grand serve. Yeah. <laughs> People uh, got that confused with a buffet. Yeah. The slam? Wait, what? <laughs> oh, the grand <laughs> serve. Sorry, yeah. Um, Astra- oh, I came here for Australia's biggest morning tea. Yeah. But this is just a tennis fixture. Well, this is... I'm... Also, why do we call it a fixture? I got that confused with a tap. That's good. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have started the sentence that way. Then you wouldn't have bothered to listen to everything I said. I'm going to start walking in that direction over there. <laughs> away from the confusing words. That direction over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the I direction guess... begins elsewhere. I guess left is everywhere, isn't it? Except for yeah. right. <laughs> Oh dear! This is. I think I'm. I'm really interested in in what I could come up with if it's just me by myself. Oh, this is a really. That's a really uh, inappropriate thing to bring up on the podcast, (laughs) Alistair. Well, you're bringing in extra people, half people into this thing. I brought a dog. The idea for me is to get alone. I gotta isolate I just, myself. Like I love that we get to the end of a conversation and you say, "I'm interested in exploring a solo career." <laughs> no, no, no. It's no because I reckon I cannot add any clarity to anything that I do. Mm. Right, and so okay. and so I feel that's why I need other people. I'm using them <laughs> to get clarity to con- communicate with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well. But, you know, just by yourself, clarity is its almost got no meaning. That's true. Yeah. No, but like, like for example, taking the, the Aztec idea we were talking about before. Yeah. My idea was to try to come up with whatever I understood of your idea, which I think involved isolating the Aztecs okay. in a bowl. <laughs> right? Yep. And then finding out whether their wives were happy. Their wives would still be happy if the Aztecs were isolated from the rest of the Australian community. Is that a sketch? Is that clear? (laughs) Well, it's definitely clear. (laughs) Within its own parameters, that's a very well-expressed idea. Yeah, I guess it's it's like it would be more like an experiment. So it's like a scientific experiment to see whether Aztecs can be happy. In a bowl, isolated. Without their wives. Without their, no, oh, I thought their wives were there. Oh, their wives are also well, in yeah. the bowl? Oh, well, then they'll probably get by. Yeah, oh, that's true. And I guess that's the, kind of what... Their wives are just outside the bowl, and they're trying to climb up these greasy curves you've got at the sides. Yeah, it's a bit I think Sisyphean. what you've built there is actually a an Aztec suffering machine. Well, not if you've read The Myth of Sisyphus, oh. where he concludes that Sisyphus... Uh, this is by Camus where he concludes that Sisyphus must have been happy. Really? Yeah. That yeah. I thought that was the that was not what I thought that was about. Well, the the this is Camus' version. It's right. talking about, you know, uh, what the point of all existence is. The, well, well, it's about the biggest question, why don't you kill yourself? Yeah. Yep. And and anyway, it ends up with him saying I think that I think that Sisyphus would be happy. Uh, he, look, he, there's, a, there's some reasoning, but you have you got to read the 50 pages or whatever. Does, does, when he say, why don't you kill yourself, does he conclude that we're all happy? No, no. Just Sisyphus? No. Look, you got to read the book. I've, 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 I've basically <laughs> have you told read the you, book? I've told you the beginning and the ending. But, 
The beginning is that there's only one important philosophical question, and that's whether or not to kill yourself. Right. Yeah. And and every day you you choose not to at the up to this point. Yeah, in a way, but like I don't think I do choose not to because my like my default state is alive. Yeah. Right. It's it feels like it's actually a lot of the time more effort, and certainly a lot of the time more pain to kill myself. Well, that's not necessarily the t- the truth because well, it's more effort. But is it more effort than your regular life? <laughs> like, like I see you carry so much stuff around. Oh, that's true. I'm a, I'm a lugger. Is that is that I'm... harder than taking a couple of handfuls of pills? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And just putting an end. I, Andy, I conclude that you must be happy. Oh. Yeah. Thank you. Like, if you don't even consider it. If you just consider oh, no, it consider more it. of a bother it. <laughs> I'm constantly considering yeah. it. It leaps into my mind all the time. Oh, I should just kill myself. I should just end it all here. But anyway. Then, you know. <laughs> let's Let's go back to now a new beginning. Sure. Away from the suicidal <laughs> part. And away from the Aztecs. Yes. Unless you had something else to say about it. No, I've got nothing else to say about the Aztecs. That was fine. That was a speculation about Australian-made goods that you completely misunderstood. This this is fine. Yeah. Um, All right. How about this? This is the thing I thought of the other day. All right. What do you think that the the knife and the spoon talk about when the fork isn't there? Wait. Wait. Is this from that that nursery rhyme? No. (laughs) Just, you think about the trio, right? The knife and the fork and the spoon, right? I feel like that the knife and the spoon really don't have anything in common. And it's the fork that holds the trio together. And really, it would be like those friendship groups that really don't work when one of the people is there. And I think... So it's kind of like Elaine and George. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like Elaine and George without 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 Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. They've got... They've got almost nothing in common. Because, uh, well, look, so knife knife has cutting and... Knife and fork, they collaborate on all sorts of projects, yeah, right? But also, like, knife is cutty and, and, and sort of fork is kind of prongy and, and, and stabby a bit. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can stab with both. You can. Yeah. You could definitely take an eye out. Absolutely. Um, and fork and spoon are, sp- are, are, are scoopy. They're scoopers. They're both pretty scoopy. And so, but they don't work together at all. Oh, uh, maybe with pasta, if you're one of those weirdos. Yeah, that's true. But I they'd would... certainly, you know, they'd, they'd be able to compare notes, right? Yeah, maybe, um, you know who really wouldn't get along? is <laughs> chopsticks and knife. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. But No, uh, but I feel like they'd almost be a... At least there'd be a rivalry, you know. There'd be something going on. There'd be a bit of a frisson. Yeah, but I think all there's such again... philosophically different approaches to food. Yeah. Well, I guess knife might be is like necessary to make chopsticks possible. But chopsticks would never see knife. <laughs> It'd be behind the scenes because you got to chop the food up smaller yeah. if you're going to be yeah. making a. a... <laughs> A chopstick-based meal. Yeah, if the chopsticks are going to bring anything to the equation at all. It'd be like that movie, Japanese Story, with uh, with uh, with Tony Collette. And yeah, the on the Japanese guy. Japanese guy, and they meet in the outback. Yeah. And they can't even communicate, but somehow they form this love story. I think that'd be Knives and Chopsticks. Where does Spatula fit in? <laughs> I think spatula would have the same relationship to fork as chopstick has to knife. Because spatula's often there flipping the burgers, yeah. getting the eggs moving. Flipping the steak. Flipping the steak. Yeah. You know, although I've never used a spatula to I flip feel a like steak. the fork would be very intimidated by tongs. You know, why like if tongs showed up in town. Does that make... Why don't we just get rid of forks and just use those tiny pairs of tongs? I don't know. It's like having hands that you can get dirty. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. What if? Well, I mean, a fork think... is kind of a little hand. Do you think that when the fork was first made, it was just like a... We just used a child's hand or a, rat, a bird's claw. So you think... 
So you used to have to kill birds to and and you know you wouldn't didn't have to kill them. Obviously, you could leave them alive and still attached and still just use their foot, their talon. You know? Yeah. And well, in a way, the fork is and the tongue are kind of just two different variations on the hand. Yeah. The fork kind of looks like a hand, right? And it's got the fingers and stuff. But the tongue has the grabbing motion of a hand, mm. and whereas the, the fork is is motionless. <laughs> <laughs> is this a thing that you've talked about about like using your hand just like a fork? Yeah, using and, just... and, then, and just stabbing things like with your fi- like with your fingers. Out, like <laughs> yeah, that. like like getting into the pasta and just wrapping it around your fingers. Yeah, I keep picturing sticking it into steak or something like that. Like, <laughs> it would have to be like a thick old steak. No, it would have to be a really tender, like. You know, it wouldn't have to be like a like a like a beautifully like slow cooked. Like I don't think you'd get your fingers in there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. but if it was too thin, you wouldn't be able to get enough purchase because your th- your skin around your finger, the end of the, your fingers, isn't very grippy. So, <laughs> so if you just got it in, like you know, like a centimeter, <laughs> it would drop off. It would just fall straight off, and then you'd end up just clawing at it. I think I would like to do a sketch yeah. in which the knife. And the spoon have to hang out when the when the because the fork is running late. That is look. I think I we've got like ourselves a whole Pixar movie. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, so should I should I just write down as the sketch idea? Call Pixar. What about like just you know one of those? It could be like set in an in a, in an office kitchenette. You know where they always run out of forks. Right, there's always lots of spoons and knives, but there's never any forks because people keep taking them for it's their. It's like that at the ABC. It's like that at the ABC. Alistair works at the ABC. They don't have any forks, and it would be like, um, like one of those post-apocalyptic things where like all the men have died or something, and there's no forks. Yeah. And uh, maybe a knife and a spoon who have nothing in common have to sort of team up and go and try and find a fork. Yeah, and then eventually they realize, I don't want to jump too far ahead in the movie or no. sketch here, they realize that they didn't need the fork all along, that you could sort of prong things with a knife, and that you could just scoop things with a fork, or cut things small enough that you can spoon them. Spoon them. And that the fork was pointless all along. Yeah. You can hold things in place with a spoon. To say that a fork is pointless is, is quite a profound statement, especially considering it actually has four points. Yeah, it's the it's most of the... pointful <laughs> of all the utensils. Um, also, what happens w- w- does, What happens do, with the... Oh, could the spoon be pregnant the whole time? They're looking for a specific fork because <laughs> it's the mother of its child. Chi- the father of its child. You think that the uh, the fork forked the spoon? Yeah. <laughs> the spoon But became... they never find the fork, right? Yeah. But then, later on, she gives birth to a spork. <laughs> and then that, that's like that bit in that vampire... Uh, yeah, with Blade, right? Uh, Is that Blade, the Nightwalker? Yeah, Blade. It's Daywalker? Like Blade. Yeah, it's like Blade, or it's like the other one that's like werewolves and vampires, and then they yeah. have that one that's the the lichens and the vampires, and then they have the one that's the 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 the, the, the mudblood there, the crossbreed, who's <laughs> like a super breed. And then the spork is shunned by everybody, and only occasionally gets used at dinner parties Actually, where everyone's standing around. It's a little bit how the the spork is treated. This is this is a bit like apartheid. Yeah. <laughs> Could this be a metaphor for apartheid? Um, a, a part, a party. There's a party coming up. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's about a dinner party. They've got to find. It's like Finding Nemo meets apartheid. <laughs> with you, <laughs> played with utensils. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Uh, you utensils, cutlery. Just. Um, yeah, where are you heading? Part, oh, I was just trying to come up with a really funny pun title for the movie that was based around either the word cutlery or the word utensils, but it's okay. It didn't work out. Um, the dog is now on my leg. I saw the movie, I saw at least part of the movie again, The the Party. Oh, the Peter Sellers film. Yeah. Yes, where he and, plays an Indian man. Yeah, yeah, and... 
It definitely feels less okay <laughs> now. But in a way, he's not... He's not, it's not like he's making fun of India or Indians. Yeah. Just an Indian. Just a particular Just Indian. the only Indian in the film. Yeah. Just 100% of all yeah. Indians. And and he's, you know, he is also playing a bit of an idiot. Yes. But I don't think in it that he's... And look, and I'm not in a position to defend them. But also, the movie itself has almost no plot. Yes. Other than... A series, like he just walks to different parts of the party. Yes, and, and I think his shoe comes off at one point. Yeah, and it floats down the the water feature, which, <laughs> yes. is, which is quite sub- substantial. Yes, and then and then also I watched another movie, which was a Carry On movie. Yep, uh, it was still in black and white back when they were still doing black and white ones. Were they always black and white? They had color, I have right? no idea. I'm not familiar with the history of Carry and this On. One was was just. Uh, a company that just started that that does odd jobs for people. You got you got a job to do, we'll do it. Right? Yeah. And then, but then they needed some people to work for the company that'll do the odd jobs. And then the next scene is at a place where people uh, wait all, for work. Yeah, or they're all waiting for work, and they all need to. They, but there's no work going. And then somehow they find find that place, and suddenly the guy's full up, and he's got everybody he needs. And then it, the whole movie is just based around. There's no plot again. It's just them going to different jobs, and it's kind of like sketches like that. So I'm thinking, you don't need a plot to make a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, is that kind of what what uh, what Mad Max Fury Road is, right? Like, there's not really a plot. It's just they go to different places in their car, and then different things happen to them. They're kind oh. of like sketches, but instead of comedy, yeah. they have... Uh, cars. I don't know, but and, I think there, there was violence. a plot. There was a thing happening. They were trying to overcome something, and yeah, someone. Well, this guy was trying to overcome the number of jobs he had to do. Was it the very first Carry On movie that you saw? I think that's the first full one I've seen. Was it racist? Uh, no, I don't think so. There was one thing, a continuous thing throughout it, where it's just a guy who's talking English, but then just a little bit weird, and then they can never understand what he's saying. But everything sounds like he's speaking English. And then, but it's not quite. And that's just a thing that goes on for way too long, way too many times. (laughs) He just keeps coming back in. They go, I'm sorry, mate. I don't... And then I think at some point they try and just say that he's Dutch. and And then that's the last time you see him. But he's not Dutch. He's speaking English, but just doesn't... The sentences aren't making sense. Is it actually gobbledygook? Like he's talking... He's saying words that make sense, but the way that they're ordered are only like kind of sentences. I can't quite work out the algorithm that he's using. But I think there was a... He's a comedian from a while back that was doing that, and that was his only thing that he did. Wow. And And So they put him in a film once, and then he'd done that, and then he had nothing else he could do. I think he toured around sometimes, did it? <laughs> I, I think I, I've seen him before. The reason why I know that he exists is because I've seen him on a talk show or something like that from in England. Right. Their tastes are, are, are much... They're different. They're not like us, Andy. The English. <laughs> the English. It, 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 it didn't make sense, but the guy built a whole career around this. They're definitely more like me than they are like you. Uh, like, if they're not like us... I think if they had liked me more when I had o- went over there, I would say that they were like me, but... They don't like you. No, I don't... And think... in that sense, they're not like you. Maybe. There could be something to that. Do you only like things that you're like? I think so, yeah. I'm like trying to think of things God, that I like that I don't Beatles. like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, money. Uh, chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> you know, things that you like. Yeah, I like them because I, that's what I'm like. Because I see myself... Oh, you know what I'm like. Yeah. Uh, do you think that you see yourself in the Beatles? Not really. Other than, I think, that they were just a bunch of people who did things. Yep. And they d- did it until something was good. Yep. And then they released it. Yeah. Right? Now, I haven't done any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see that I could potentially do it. And it sure. And it seems like it's not inaccessible. Yeah. Like, they're a, they're, a, they're a good version. They're like a version of us that does stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, more. And, and better. And But... 
they're just dedicated entirely to it. That's a, that's a thing that I think about all the time, right? Because I'm, you know, doing some. I've got things that I want to be good at, right? Yeah. And then I've got some things that I'm doing, and sometimes those two things line up exactly, yeah. and then sometimes they don't line up exactly, but I do them anyway. Yeah. And I wonder how much of uh, the things that don't line up are actually detrimental. Is that a? Is there a scene in in, in that where it's a guy who is trained for something? Yep. And he's in a department where they do that, and then they get him to do the slightly not that thing. I think maybe I'm not quite picturing what you're saying yet, but I am thinking about maybe like someone who's very, very, very good at something, right? Like they're an amazing surgeon or whatever. Sure. And but they have something else that they have to do. Maybe a thing even that they really want to do. It's like their passion, but they're not very good at it. Okay. Right? So, so like a... someone who's an amazing surgeon, yeah. but really wants to be a painter, right? Yes. Or a violinist, right? Yeah. But they've or... got no talent at all for that. And maybe how that plays out like on the world stage, whether or not people humor them because of their brilliance. But their their surgeon brilliance? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe surgeon's a bad example, or maybe like, okay, it's a it's a hospital, yeah, right. Someone's the surgeon's the best, you know. It's like house; they're like the best in the world, right? At yeah. Their particular type of surgery, right? A patient really, really needs this surgery done, but the doctor also thinks that they're very good at violin, yeah, right. So they insist on doing a little bit of violin, and everybody hates it, and the patient. Well, where is he doing the violin around the patient? <laughs> around the, yes. He's like really insecure and needy about his violin skills. So he insists on trying to do a little bit and everybody's like, you've got to humor him. Just tell him it's good. But he's and also do this amazing really inappropriate and know, also knowing where to do things. Yes. <laughs> so I think I was kind of picturing like a job where, let's say, the guy's a surgeon. Yeah. But he, and he gets employed by a hospital that yep. needs surgery done. But they also need a lot of the surgery pa- paperwork to be done. Yes. And so he just has to do a lot of that. And then he's just slow. Anyway, this is not a sketch. This is just <laughs> some things that people sometimes get stuck doing. Okay. So, all right. Like a, He's like a... Uh, maybe there's nothing there. It's like he's a one-man band, right? But Here he's we. a one-man hospital. He's trying to do everything. It yeah. just doesn't work out, but it's you know it's more of a sort of a tragic reflection on the state of rural health care in this country than it's it is one man running a whole hospital. Yeah, a I whole think, hospital. Look, I think there's a comic idea. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the." F- are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a guy who's running a whole hospital. Yep. But what he wants to do is play the violin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already doing 39 jobs. <laughs> He's the janitor. He's the receptionist. Yeah. He's manning the soup. Okay. Yeah. He's over there. He's the. I know they don't have a pillow fluffer, but he is fluffing the pillows because yep. there are 150 patients in this hospital. Sure. Right. But he wants. He desperately wants to learn how to play the violin. He just doesn't have the time. He's not very good. Right. And and he's trying to manage. He's trying to squeeze it in. So you know he knows he gets a 15 minute break. Yep. You know, labor laws still apply despite the fact that he's <laughs> doing 39 jobs, right? So he gets his 15-minute break. He gets out the violin, but he's only barely, you know, he's got a, it's only, so his only time to eat. So he's yep. cramming Doritos in his mouth, and uh, and he's trying to learn as well. Somebody comes by, hears the violin, and says, mate, that is terrible. Do not give up your day job. Jobs. J- <laughs> day jobs. <laughs> um, look... It's not quite a sketch. It's not quite a sketch, but I think you could write something down if you feel, if you feel like uh, you know, 
man trying to run an entire hospital by himself is a is a thing. Or woman. He could be trying to run an entire woman by himself. Do you think do you think the one man hospital is maybe a web series? Yes. It's about the understaffing of health care. I'm really just sorry to say at this point that the dog has farted really badly. <laughs> well, it is pretty bad, but also my nose is quite blocked, and so I can almost not notice it. Great, great. Um, I think I'm going to call it right now. The introduction of this dog into the podcast has been a terrible idea. Yeah, I thought it would boost ratings. You think so? <laughs> I thought having a dog up here, people are going to love this. Well, we still don't know. Right? It it's might. cute. Yeah. It's, you know... It's uh, it'll help us relax. It hasn't done any of those things. It's constantly walking over to the edge of the mezzanine, making me think it's about to leap off. <laughs> yeah, well, this is what happens when you do podcasts at a dangerous height. Yes, um, with with animals that you can't trust their instincts. Mm. Yeah, he kept looking over at the other part where it looks like you could fall through the roof. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about that uh, one man hospital. That's all I'm writing down. Great. Um, I think. I think. Look. And in the spare time, he's trying to run a lo- get a love life. I think. Look, I think it's <laughs> for some reason one man hospital feels like a better idea than anything. You don't have to complicate it with the violin. Yeah. Okay. It's like life. You know, we've got enough things on our plate. We don't. Maybe I don't need to listen to any podcasts about Mark Maron interviewing the president. Have you listened to that? I started listening to. I've listened to. I think the first half, and it's it's been too political and not enough personal throughout. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've heard enough about the political Obama. Yeah, exactly. Have you listened to it? No. No. No, I haven't. But it's just because I think at first he wanted to get him to address the uh, the the shooting at the church. Oh, wow. Just because he was like, look, I know, I'm sorry, you know, I know this just happened yesterday, blah, blah. And then, and, yeah, and then they kind of started talking about stuff. And then it's just that even when Obama was talking about himself, and I've only heard the first half, uh, it was always still talking about so much about, like, values as a person and things like that and i was like nobody really talks about that when they're talking to another human being about but maybe he does like from. maybe he's a he, he is politics maybe that's all he is you know like maybe that's what his life has been built uh, around that's I got think, him to that point i think that's just his front i think yeah. he's fronting yeah you may be right yeah although it was fun that the right at the beginning he goes he was talking about like all the pictures in, in the garage he's like, there's a lot of a lot of pictures of uh, you there. You know, like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't really think of them as you know pictures of me because they're drawings that people have you know done and stuff. He's like, well, it looks a little nar- narcissistic. <laughs> yeah, that's, what was kind of that's really great yeah. though. Uh, yeah. Can can you do your best Obama? Um. What we need <laughs> is to focus on. Long-term goals. I don't even know what kind of things he says or how he says them. When we say what we say, we do what we do. I got nothing. I've got no Obama game. You were much closer than I was and you gave up much earlier. Keep going. Explain to me what you had had for breakfast. Sometimes I eat bagels. Sometimes I eat sandwiches from the train station. Uh, uh, smoothies and uh, open face sandwiches and uh, that's not, look it's not Obama I can't we we gotta get back to sketches wait it's a guy who's an Obama impressionist yes oh, no wait okay so it's a guy who's a Tony Abbott impressionist great keep it local yeah keep, but then we get invaded by China yes and he has to start doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where are you going like with this? Xi Jinping. <laughs> right. And, and so then he's trying to figure it out. Yeah, he's trying to get down. He's trying to get it down because all he knows is impressions. And there's a new, there's a whole, there's a huge new market that will really get it, much bigger than. Than the Australian market. He's trying to crack. He's an impressionist. He's yeah. trying to crack the Chinese market. Yeah. <laughs> so all these they to... have a lot of impressions over there, but none of them are very good quality, in his opinion. Yeah. 
from what he can tell. Yeah. He doesn't speak Mandarin <laughs> or Cantonese. But he's got the he's very good at getting the rhythm. But uh, wait, are you saying that we're not getting he wasn't we weren't invaded by know. China? We, we can version? still be invaded by China if you like. I just, okay, what about the, there's a world government that's been put in place? I what about <laughs> Okay. Um Australia gets invaded by China. There's a Tony Abbott impersonator, right? Um but you know, with this invasion come a lot of uh Chinese immigrants and what? What was the what was the per, what's the name of the president of China? Uh, look, I'm not. I, there's a possibility it's Xi Jinping, right? Or but or, so so there's a Xi Jinping impersonator that comes over, yeah. right? Tony Abbott's still there as a puppet government, right? Oh, but yeah, there's also puppet. Xi Jinping. Uh, he's here and he's got a, his own impersonator, and so this rivalry to... develops between the Tony Abbott impersonator and the Xi Jinping impersonator that is a microcosm. Of something, they just they just get really angry at other. There's a this competition to see who gets invited to various events to impersonate various leaders. So, I've what is it? What what are mi- microcosms? Microcosms is like a small version of something. So, like they use uh, philosophers used to think that the human body was a microcosm of the universe. Like, yeah, basically means small cosmos. Like so a, it's like a, a smaller like as if so it's kind of assuming that the universe is fractal, in that within, yeah, within the universe that is shaped like a big human body, there are other little things that are shaped like humans' bodies. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you could say that you know that primary school is a microcosm of society at large, or something. You know, and that there's these power struggles and there's there's currencies and interactions and so forth. I see. <clears throat> And so when these two men interact, yes, uh, this the Tony Abbott impersonator and the Chinese leader impersonator, yes, because uh, there's a possibility I've completely fucked sure. up the guy's name. Uh, it's like China and Australian governments <laughs> interacting in a way. But then, if he's a puppet government, is this is this is he more like? Uh, what the royals are now in England, or is he more like just doing what they say? I think he's doing what they say. Yeah, he's doing what they say. Okay. I don't know. I I, I think I think uh, impersonators of different nationalities having some kind of pointless battle could, in some way, be funny. Well, where's and, the, where, where where is there a conflict between those two guys? Where well, they live next to each other. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're neighbours. Because because they we got invaded, every second house now belongs to a Chinese person. Yeah. <laughs> whole conversation feels like uh, it could be hugely racist. Is it? Um, well, I think, I think this, you know... This is the, a what if. The, the, the ease with which we slip into discussing a Chinese invasion, like it's a fait accompli. No, right? no, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I don't think it's going to happen no, either. but I'm saying what if, you know? Because <laughs> I used to read Marvel what if comics sometimes. And they really? Go, what if Daredevil had blue shoes? And then they, was that genuinely? No, that wasn't a real one. Okay, but they did have some because he wouldn't be able to tell. That's the one thing Daredevil <laughs> can't do is color. And it's very possible that he would put on blue shoes one day without realizing. Well, how did he always dress in the same color? How did he always have all parts of his body matching like that? If he was getting dressed blind, was he echolocating the color? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> beige. Do you think different clothes? I'm jumping around a lot, and I think it's because of the amount of coffee I've had today. That's but, fine. Uh, do you think echolocation, you could you could make out color with it? I think definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But So sound doesn't travel at different speeds through different colors? <laughs> <laughs> no. Next question. Okay. Well, you got a big blue prism. And no. You got a big yep, sure. red prism. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it might travel... Different speeds through them, but the way that it reflects off them isn't going to matter. And also, it's going to be more specific to like the molecular composition than it is to the color, right? And so, what Daredevil, if he were able to do that somehow, would have to know every single chemical compound in existence, yeah. right? And then know its corresponding color. And even then, if it was covered in paint, it wouldn't work, right? Well, you know, but that, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, chemical compositions in the world, right? But it would be like learning the alphabet. I mean, the Chinese character also, ha- the Ch- Chinese alphabet has that many characters that it's probably as many as there are 
as there are chemical compositions <laughs> in the world. The number of molecular structures. Sure. So and it would be like learning Chinese. But okay. But then also things can <laughs> things can be coloured something just because of the colour of the light. And he can't hear the colour of the light because that would just be seeing. If he could hear the light, he would just be seeing, Alistair, with his ears. Yeah. But he wouldn't. Could you just put eyeballs in your ears? <laughs> okay. Earballs. Earballs. How about this? It's vision for your ears. You have to lose your sense of sound, though. Your sense of sound. <laughs> I um, Speaking of ears, yeah. I saw a video yesterday of a man getting a huge chunk of earwax pulled out of his ear. You watched the and video? And it's haunting it? me. Yeah, it was on a website. Okay, how did you get to it? I saw it on a news, there was a list of like news things, and it was there. And I didn't. I, think, I couldn't not click on it. I think I saw it somewhere, and it just said that it was hugely satisfying. Right? The, the headline. Was, I didn't find it satisfying. I found it traumatizing because I can't keep stop thinking about this guy's life and like what must have been going on, and and how like how did he not know? But and how, could that happen to me? How do you know that you don't have that much wax in your? Because ear? I'm constantly poking things in my ear that are way too small and just like scraping them around. I know, but. Often what that does is it just mashes the wax up against the side of your ear. Not with the things that I'm pushing in there, man. I think it does. No, 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 no. I'm scraping. I am gouging. I'm doing bad work. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm getting it out. Are you sure? Yeah. I've never been more sure of anything. No. <laughs> you haven't? Because <laughs> I'll make you feel better. Yeah. I watched a video of a guy get a big cockroach taken out of his ear. <gasps> And that it had been in, lodged in there in the wax for a long time. Wow. I've also seen a guy get a black head out of his face that had been there for like 25 years. And so it was like half a centimeter thick. And it left a big hole. Oh. And you could see his... No, you couldn't see anything in his face, but it was just... Like, seriously, you reckon half a centimeter, like, wide? Yeah, wide. Oh, my God. Yeah left a big gaping hole that was and that was a pore that used to be a pore hang on was it his mouth no could have just been his mouth did he just have something in his mouth did you see a man take something out of his mouth i think it's alistair i think it's like the did he just open his eye of somebody pushing a baby out of their vagina but over 25 years and instead of pushing it out you're putting dirt in there oh making a baby with What is it about those videos? Why, why, why can we not stop thinking about them? Well, I think what their appealing nature is that there's a real resolution at the end. <laughs> and that the guy would be, his life is way better. Yeah, so, it's like Star Wars, right? But if the Emperor Palpatine yeah. was like, just pus. <laughs> yeah. Those, right, and it's like, just a very short version of Star Wars. He's just a pus inside of... On a boil on Luke Skywalker's buttock. Yeah. Like that. They should do a version of that. Because, you know, they did a thumb version of Star Wars where everything, all the characters were thumbs. Yeah. They should do a Star Wars version where just everybody's human except for <laughs> Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> who's pus inside of Luke Skywalker's oh. boil. Yeah. Danny Boyle can direct it. Danny Boyle. <laughs> Directed by Danny Boyle. That is a filmmaking challenge. Dark Va- Darth Vader will be a blackhead. Great. Oh, is my he, God. He's still got the black helmet. That is so apt. Yeah. I'm amazed they haven't made this already. What do you think that that Boyle and that blackhead would have to say to a spoon? And <laughs> a <blackhead? laughs> Do you ever wish that there was something that you could use to squeeze pimples more effectively? Like a kind of an implement? Because, like, sometimes you feel like your fingers aren't good enough to get the grip that you need. I don't really squeeze pimples. Oh, well, you're very good then. I, you probably don't get them. You've got very good skin. You never I, get, I never see you with pimples. But I kind of also let another person do it to me. Oh. But... I used to get a lot of pimples, but 
what kind of implement what kind of implement are you talking about like a kind of a tweezers right but without a sharp end but with like a just like a sort of a little rounded end but like maybe a little slightly rubberized as well like so that you could just yeah but with just like tiny fingers right just like tiny wide fingers like tongs yeah that you could use to squeeze pimples but also they don't they don't close like tweezers i reckon if they closed sort of like a like you know a cigar end cutter mm. but instead of like having a sharp edge it had like a rubbery lifty edge yeah like yeah that. um i so, mean it's disgusting so it's the story of the guy who invented that and is trying to sell it to the world yep it's just a better way of pimping pimping pimples <laughs> popping, popping pimples pimple pop, pimple popper it's the pimple popper, and it's pops pops pimple popper. And you know what? I reckon that guy would go bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that that's like a Shark Tank kind of thing? But it's just like a really gross one. You know, Shark Tank. That oh, thing where people shark come tank. out and they pitch their ideas. Yeah, and then the people generally say to them, "Well, look, you haven't really sold enough things yet for us to see that this actually works, and so therefore we're not going to invest with you." Yeah. Yeah, but it takes them much longer to say that. I, yeah, I, 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 I would like to, like to see this man pitching the pimple popper. Like he comes out and like this guy's got all these big disgusting pimples on him, right? So he's, and he he's starts squeezing a, he's them in front of these people. And maybe they're vomiting a lot. <laughs> like the the Shark Tank. The Shark Tank people are vomiting because it's so repulsive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the tank starts to fill up. I, I think I think a, a Shark Tank thing in which the thing that the guy pitches is truly repulsive, like and horrifying. I think it's quite funny. All right, I, I'm going to write it down. It's uh, but it's undefined. It's undefined. Okay, sure. I think I think some kind of pimple popper is is, is quite a good one, right? <sighs> There's a, a guy that he met down at the the dermatological clinic. He just loiters around dermatological clinics to meet people who need to have better... Well, I think what in the end, maybe one of the Shark Tank people is actually a dermatologist. Uh, yep. You know, that's where he made a lot of his money, sort of like uh, Jeffrey Edelston was a doctor. <laughs> so weird. But, um, but, but then you realize that Popping pimples isn't the best way to deal with them. And so they don't buy his idea because of that. It's actually detrimental because it leaves scars. I hear. I hear. And it makes it more likely that you'll get more pimples in the future. More likely. I think. This yeah. guy is selling a bad product it's that's going to make, make the world a worse place. Um, Jeffrey Edelston. Yes. Is he bankrupt? Well, I think you know, I think he was he went bankrupt in the US. Right. And so I don't think that means he was bankrupt here. So does he still have business interests over here? Like is he still Well, he owned a lot of clinics. Um, like and, medical clinics, right? Yeah. So you could we could still be attending medical clinics that are owned by Jeffrey Edelston. He invented the super clinic, like the clinic that is goes for 24 hours a day and stuff. It's just so weird. Because he seems to be perpetually failing, well, right? Like I'm always hearing things about how he's he has no he has no expression on his face always, like ever. Mm-hmm. So it in all those photos of him with Gabby Greco, it always looks like he's haunting her. <laughs> like this is what somebody else said that around me, but yeah, it just looks like he's just behind you. It like the, like he just. They didn't. She doesn't even necessarily know he's there. He just sidles up into every photograph. Yeah. He's just photo bombing her life. He's life bombing her. He's life bombing her, but also supplying her income. That's a funny concept. The idea of someone who's a life bomber, and this is the thing that happens, right? People who are just like wherever you go, they're just kind of there for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> and they just kind of ruin things. I've had people who I just keep bumping into. And it's like, I think they want to be my friend, maybe. 
but I just don't like them. A bad neighbor can kind of be like a life bomb because, yeah. like, because all your meaningful moments, they're kind of just always within twenty five meters. <laughs> that would, um, yeah. I, th- I do like the life bombing idea, and I've written down life bombing. Oh, written down life bombing. Yeah, because I do like that a lot. Um, Thank you. I think that's the kind of thing that you could they could talk about in like a a clerks type sh- movie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's and, a thing um, you could riff on. Life bomber, man. You know. Uh, yeah, that guy. That guy. He's a life bomber. Yeah, I stink palmed him before. <laughs> yeah, just come up with some cool words. Yeah, stink palm was a really good one though. Yeah. You walk around with your hand in crack for half an hour, and then you shake, you shake their somebody's hand. hand. Yeah, and they can't get that off. Yeah, but that's what you can do to somebody who life bombs you. Stink palm them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna allow us to go for one more idea. Sure, I because some of those middle ones were let's call it subpar. Let's call it. I'm calling it below par, which in golf is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so. weird. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I guess I guess it's kind of in the same way that that to to admit that you're above par would mean that you're kind of bragging, and so that means you're arrogant and 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 pride is a sin. So therefore, being uh, ab- above par is bad. Above par um, uh, is uh, when you uh, have a bunk bed and your dad sleeps on the bottom bunk. <laughs> Imagine, imagine that, right? Imagine uh, sharing a bunk bed with your dad. Do you think you'd let him have the top or the bottom bunk? Because power dynamic-wise, you'd think he'd have the top, but he's probably older and might need to go to the bathroom more often, so you should probably give him the bottom. But I would feel weird sleeping above my dad. Really? You wouldn't feel weird with your dad above you? I'd also feel weird that way. <laughs> Yeah, because also dads are heavier generally. Not generally, <laughs> not, not heavier than my dad. But um, so, yeah, I think that they would stay on the bottom because they're older and climbing tiny wooden ladders. Ta- some of the tiniest wooden ladders, yeah. and the beds are so like. Have you ever been getting up a bunk bed and you can really feel like the like. The, the far two bottom legs lift off the ground as you yeah, kind of pull it that's up. right, because you're putting quite a lot of weight on one side of a very narrow wheelbase or whatever yeah. you'd call it. Wheelbase. Wheelbase. That's what I'd call it. Leg base. Yeah, no, no, but I drive, I drive, a, <laughs> I drive a bunk bed. Four-door hatch bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I don't know. I think, look, I think the subpar idea. I think I'd probably take the mattress off, right? Yeah. And uh, and 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 put it on the ground, and I'd let my dad have the bottom bunk, and I'd sleep on the ground. Really? Yeah. But then he might step on you. My <laughs> dad's not going to step on me. Why not? He's my dad. <laughs> he doesn't blunder around know, like some, you know. You know, but it's still not. You, you shouldn't really let like, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't let a baby sleep in a bed with to full-grown adults because there's a big chance that you'll roll over on it <laughs> and, and crush it. And in the same way, you don't sleep on a be- uh, on a mattress at the yeah. foot of your dad's bed because he might fall and crush you. And you're very fragile. In this and even day. if he doesn't crush you, he might still Whisk just you. sort of lie on top of you in yeah. a way that no one ever does with their dad. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, who, like, do you think people wrestle train with their dad? Oh, wrestlers probably. Um, yeah, they definitely would have families right? of wrestlers. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Look, in some families, it might be more okay to lay on top of your dad than, it, or have your dad lay on top of you than anybody else lay on top of you. That's true. Yeah. Also, I- today I saw a clip of Nicole Kidman. This is from the first time she went on Kimmel. Yep. And she's walking out, and for some reason, Kimmel's all taped up, and Matt Damon is hosting, right? And Matt, but yep. Kimmel's taped up, and he's kind of like in the background on a chair. And as she comes out, she kind of like the the, the headline said that she's she does a dirty lap dance on him. She walks over to him. She kind of looks like she's getting the idea as she's walking out. And she goes out there, and she kind of puts one leg over his sort of extended legs that are taped yep. together. But then she kind of just does like a like a just a thrust over him, but quite a low thrust. Like and like, I guess like you would normally picture like a man doing to a woman, 
Right. <laughs> and and then she kind of got off and kind of laughed and stuff. I think it was an improv, and I don't think it went that good. Because <laughs> there wasn't any kind of, like, circular motion for it to be more lap dancing. This kind of looked like she was actually just kind of riding him properly. And it, it was like, oh, that was too revealing. Yeah. Like, you you think you just got a glimpse of how Nicole Kidman does sex. Does sex, yeah. And it was like, it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because any kind of, like, lap dancey kind of stuff is not really how you do sex. No, you know, it's, it's sexier than sex. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like it takes out In all theory. the... theory. It takes out all the bits of sex that are almost too confronting. <laughs> the real... Yeah. The reality of it. All the bits of sex that are just kind of mechanics. Yeah. Just kind and, of, like, getting stuff done. Yeah, exactly. And then it just... It makes it more interesting and sexy. Are there any other, like, things that a strip club could be, right? That, like, needs that people have satisfied, where they want actions performed that, you know, normally you would do with someone else in your life. Okay, sorry, I'm talking in very general terms here, right? But... Where you could go and you could watch someone sort of simulate an activity on you or near you, but it's not actually that activity and you're not allowed to touch them. Well, that's kind of what the food channel is, with seeing people cook. Yeah, right. You know, but you never get to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think... Just like somebody like mix in a bowl or, or like, you know, if you go to a... But then like if you went to a Jamie Oliver live show, yeah. right, and there was no touching. That's right. There was no touching the yeah. food. Or Jamie. Or Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. And he's up there doing it. All the, you guess, just go there to get hungry. Yeah. Uh, you could go to a private room. Maybe he'd make you some teppanyaki. Or go to like an oxygen tank where some there's like trees. No, wait. It's like you go to a pl- place where there's loads of like trees filtering uh, oxygen. But then it's behind glass and you can't get to it. You go to a strip club. You're not allowed to breathe it. But, uh, but the women simulate having babies instead of doing this. Like it's it's the end part. But you don't get result of sex. But you don't get to you don't cuddle get to the change, babies. You don't get, <laughs> you don't to, get change to change their nappies. Yeah, you don't get to cut the cord. You don't get to hold them. They, <laughs> I think that's an idea. Yeah. It's an awful idea, but uh, but yes. Uh, a gentleman's club where they dirty cars and you don't get to wash them. <laughs> I think the babies one. Okay, so they because can... it's still to do with a sexy thing, right? But it's more yeah. like consequences. It's like a consequences club. Make it clearer for me. Okay, so at a strip club, you go there and they sort of do sexy things that simulate having uh, simulate yeah. the act of sex and get you titillated, right? At a Consequences Club, right? You go there and the women simulate having the babies as if you had had sex with them, right? Yeah. So the babies, they, they, they pretend to have babies. Maybe they pretend to look after the babies a little bit, right? And guys sit around and watch. <laughs> like they would do. And tip them. I think that's what just a lot of the time for a lot of guys is just <laughs> what having a baby is like. Yeah, okay. Look, I'm writing it down. Consequences Thank you. Club. I think there's something there. It could be right next door to the strip club. Right? So after you've been to the strip club, you get all in the mood for sex, and then you go to the consequences club, and you're like, if you need to cool down after the... Oh, I see. It's the, So it's not to make you horny. No. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. I know. I do that. All right. Well, I'm going to go through the things that we got today. Sure. We got guy who thinks fair trade is buying for fair-skinned people. Um, from fair-skinned people. Uh, the fork is away, and then it's just a spoon and the knife. And then it's sort of finding Nemo meets apartheid, uh, apartheid, mm. and it's basically uh, that. What would the spoon and the knife have to talk about? <laughs> Probably nothing. I think, but I think the journey that they go on is also interesting. Yeah, and I think they'd find out that sometimes they both get used uh, as a vehicle for transporting Nutella into mouths directly into mouths. Oh my God, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, the one-man hospitals. The man we'll always have Nutella will be one of the lines in the play. We'll always have Nutella and peanut butter. 
And in Andy's case, mayonnaise. But let's not talk about oh, that. Oh my god, Andy! Now that I can't get out of my head. It's brutal. It's uh, basically a mouthful of pus. One man hospital Shark Tank pimple popper. Uh, the life bombing. This guy just always appears in your life. Mm. They're constantly. Subpar is good, not bad. <laughs> or explain. And then also has got dad sleeps on bottom bed. Anyway. And then those, that wasn't a really full idea. but And then Consequences Club. You got to cool off after a strip club. Yeah. I reckon Amy Schumer would do that. I'll send her an email. Yeah. Yeah, but that show also, I you know, it made me feel good. If you want to feel good about how much how good that show seems to be from some of the sketches, yes, go watch a full episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you mean they don't put the bad sketches online? They no, You mean the bad sketches don't the, go viral? Oh, oh, they don't make the goods. The bad <laughs> sketches go viral. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for listening to the. See you, thanks, guys. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.